Hello, everyone. I'm Colin Tester of Wrestling.com. I'm joined by John Clark tonight to talk about Monday Night Raw. As always, John and I, you're, you're, you and I here every week talk about this three-hour uh, extravaganza. And uh, th- this show is always with a mixed bag, and we'll get into it. But before, before we do, just remind you all of this show, like everything we do here at WrestleZone, is available on any number of streaming platforms, whether it's SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever, whatever it may be. We've got you covered, so leave a like, subscribe. Uh, so, John, uh, Raw tonight ended with a main event match between Drew McIntyre and Kofi Kingston, a match we saw last week, and they literally said, oh, we're going to run it back, and that's that's what Raw does nowadays. Now, this was a very good match, a nice, fun uh, main event match between two you know, two of the top guys on Raw, and, of course, the winner would go on to face Bob Lashley at Hell in a Cell. Now, John, I'm sure you've got some thoughts about this one, because, yes, we are getting Drew McIntyre versus Bobby Lashley at least one more time, which I had uh, very much expected. Uh, but now it's official. We are Kofi Mania 2 is not happening. So uh, we are getting Drew McIntyre one more time. John, I, I feel like you're ready to go off in this one. So I'm going to turn turn the floor <laughs> over to you. I, 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 I give up. I mean, it's been a, a year. It's been a year that I've been saying now that this is the last one. This is the last one. And it's literally June now. October, I said it. January, I said it. February, I said it. WrestleMania, I said it. WrestleMania Backlash, I said it. Uh, and then now I'm saying it again. That's six times that McIntyre again, not just in the title picture, because that's a whole different story. The fact that it's again against Bobby Lashley, where it's almost like every time that you think you know the how it's going to end, but it's been so many times now that you think that it almost has to go the opposite way at some point. Because if they if they keep doing the same match and the same person keeps winning again and again and again and again, it, uh, it should be obvious. But it's been so long now that part of me thinks that maybe he will win with fans coming back just um, a few weeks afterwards. Maybe Drew has the belt with fans, or, or, or do they have some plans in their mind for what they want to do for SummerSlam? That could play a key role in all this too. But uh, I just. I don't like it. What What do you think? I'm right there with you. I mean, this especially this match. I, I think I said it last week. I hadn't realized how much I wanted Kofi Kingston to be back in the main event scene here and to kind of quickly see him get this uh, a lot of buzz around him. Like people just like Kofi Mania, the people started rallying around him, hoping maybe even more than just want to see Kofi win more of just or Kofi get that spot. It was maybe like you were saying, just having enough of Drew McIntyre against Lashley in the WWE title picture here. Um, but this this match especially, I was like, you know, they 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 got me. I, I was expecting Drew to win, and uh, I got a special couple points in the end, some nice near falls, some nice spots. Really, I think, wait, maybe, just maybe, we might get Kofi Mania two here. But uh, alas, that was not the case. I don't see Drew winning. Uh, I think I, we were talking probably around right after the last pay per view. I was like, all right, they're probably going to do Drew and Bobby one more time, maybe in Hell in a Cell match, or just maybe one more normal match, whatever it may be, just to kind of. You know, put it to bed once and for all. Uh, and I, I, it does seem like, at least at this point, Bobby Lashley is the guy on Raw. And to me, it would be a pretty, a pretty big departure to have him lose the title here. Because I guess that I, I could see it, but to me, at the same time, I would expect uh, the the running narrative at this point is like whatever they would have done. I feel like it, it would have been in front of fans already. So if it was, if the plan was to give Drew McIntyre the title back, I feel like they would have done their WrestleMania. Because now, you know. For me, I'm I'm seeing Hell in a Cell as the last chance, and uh, you know I don't know. There, there's money in the bank, and then after that, there's SummerSlam as well. Uh, so, uh, what well, the way I take it is, if Bobby beats him, what this would be four times in a row now. Yeah, it's almost like 
like enough's enough. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking like, who's next? Like, who's realistically ready to challenge next? I mean, it's just weird to think about because it's been Drew for so long that it's almost like they haven't done anything with anybody else that can step into the picture and just be the next challenger. I mean, I I, I think that they're like. And who knows what the situation would have been if Keith Lee was healthy this whole time. I do want to point that out because part right. of me thinks they're, they're just kind of like throwing Hail Marys here, like hoping that maybe Keith Lee will be ready the next time. And then he's not. So it's going to be Drew again. And then again, Keith Lee's not ready again. So maybe it's Drew again. Like I, that's just a thought that uh, I'm thinking there, but um, I, I certainly, I certainly hope it's Brock at SummerSlam. I mean, I, I, I really hope that's the direction they're going here. Uh, but if Drew does win the next pay-per-view, then, I mean, I guess, I mean, Lesnar would still make sense there. So, I mean, either way, it doesn't matter, but, um, it just, I don't know he needs to be out, uh, demote him to something else. I mean, he's said in numerous interviews, he doesn't feel like he has to be in the title picture. They obviously think that he does though. So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're just, I want to run through some of these comments here. And what it seems like we're getting a lot of support for, like, I guess, what we're both saying at this point, where, you know, a lot of people wanted to see Kofi get the shot. And Eskar is saying that Drew and Bobby's old, nothing against either of them, like, in terms of their, their abilities and performance. When you've got that, the match, you know, that you're running back over and over again, why not give Kofi a chance? DGSCA, all caps, saying, go away, Drew. You've had too many chances. Go for another title. Maybe, hey, maybe have him do the, the go for the US title. Maybe uh, at least that'd be a little different. Although right now Seamus has that, so that would be a little redundant as well. Um, and they, I mean, I think you and I talked about it before. I see Brock coming back probably for SummerSlam. And uh, you, you first. And I was going to say, I, I also like Sean's comment here. He says, save the change in matchups until live fans return. I mean, it kind of feels like that's what they're doing in a way. I mean, they keep keep recognizing the fans will be back soon. And at the same time, they keep like milking out their existing things, almost like they want to wait to just start like a clean slate fresh at Money in the Bank. So, I, I mean, because people are not going to be okay with this when live fans are back. They There will be a verbal reaction that they can no longer control yeah. in two months. Right yeah. now, they can pump in their own booze, their own cheers, whatever they want. But in two months... They can't do that. So, I hope you're right. I, I I hope you're right. I mean, it feels like the narrative at this point is that WWE always has an excuse, always has something they can kind of hang their hat on. Like, oh, wait until live fans came back at this point. They've always had any number of things. Wait for SmackDown. It was wait till the Fox deal for for it's the, the super the superstar shakeup. There's always something. A lot of time it doesn't pan out, but. Uh, this is a little different. I mean, the return of live fans, you know, the, the, the wrestling world returning to some sense of normalcy, uh, that definitely is a big change. So if there's any you know, ounce of truth to that, I, I hope so, because uh, the past couple weeks for Raw especially, it has been a little rough where they keep, or they even months, I'll, I'll say, they keep running back Drew and Bobby and some of these more redundant things. Uh, so if they are mm-hmm. kind of holding holding back in that sense, I think that, that would make sense. But uh it's been tough to kind of sit through this. I mean, D- uh, Verdon Marquette in the comments saying, you know, at least switch, switch up some of the, the matchups we're getting here. I mean, this is going to be, I don't even, I used to like four matches between uh, Drew and Lashley. They, they faced off last year at Backlash and several times uh, this year alone. Um, he's wondering where so it's Wyatt. been. It, it's been four in a row that Bobby has won, but I think that his, his number seven there, I think that's close to accurate. It has been championship match wise. At, at least five at this point. 
And that's too many, especially in a row. Oh, yeah. And uh, just to put a little wrap on that, Steven Timber saying, boo, another Drew Bobby match that's getting old. It's time to end. And again, hopefully, Hansa will be the last time. And some more support for Kofi here. Nesker is saying she likes the, the Kofi push. And uh, Vernon McCray Which might be over Kofi. already. <laughs> I know. That's that's a shame. But tonight, I kind of got that feeling like uh, there's one spot he almost had Drew beat, Drew kicked out, or he got the ropes after the trouble in paradise. I'm like, all right, because he's not winning here, and, and that's it. Um, so, I mean, unfortunately, this does seem to be kind of a... A, a temporary thing rather than a, a full-on like kind of return to main event Kofi but I mean we we're talking about other possible co- uh, contenders Braun Strowman as Nesh Chris wondering not on this not on the show tonight uh other people as well you know th- that could be kind of quickly heated up for that but at the same time Braun was in that triple threat match last month uh, sorry I was earlier this month time is a weird thing yeah and, uh, and I want to point out that we haven't seen him since and yeah. He has been just oh so hanging on to the WrestleZone Universal Rankings Top 25. Uh, at one point, he was top five. He fell down to 12, and then he fell down to 18. And this week, he's at number 24. And spoiler alert, he will not be in the list next week. Uh, another week without seeing Braun. Uh, I, I'm, not, I'm not sure what's going on there, uh, but he is, I mean... He's somebody that you can put in a match of that caliber of a main event. Obviously, he was just in it. Uh, right now, I just think it's the story of they don't have anything creatively for him. So he's just on the sidelines. Yeah, and that uh, seems to be true for any, any number of people. And uh, at least at one point, it, it appeared to Keith Lee, we were talking about him, that had had some medical things. And there have also been reports that they don't have anything for him right now. And little weird when when you've got uh rematch number like five between lashley and uh, drew here but i just want to answer the question from vernon marcade wondering why brock is a good choice we don't we won't see a title on tv of course when brock was the champion uh in 2019 20 early 2020 he was a part-time champion and that was very much a big criticism um now i'm we're i think we're both coming at this like he's not going to win this match with lashley i don't see him beating lashley here uh, that would be just a great kind of marquee win for Lashley. Do that SummerSlam and uh, Vernon himself saying Lashley will probably hold the title until SummerSlam, maybe even next to Rumble if, if they play the cards right. Um, so I, I think, you know, they if they even want to, they could try and do something maybe a little less major for SummerSlam, hold off uh, Lesnar for maybe Survivor Series, depending how, uh, you know, some of the options that might be available to them. Uh, but I do like this, this, uh, you know, this pitch from Luke Gattisar as well on that note, uh, wondering or, or predicting even that Brock could come back, beat Lashley, and then Lesnar eventually puts it over Keith Lee. Now, that might be something. They did, they they, did they have did. that history at the Royal Rumble match there. So that's certainly something that I'd be okay with seeing. Uh, and, and I get people's gripe there with, you know, why bring Lesnar back and have him with the title just to go away. Here's why. Because one, he will sell tickets. He will put butts in the seats. For two... I mean, it's been so long now that he would be a refresher for the show and a fresh face. Now, granted, I know people are saying, well, he wouldn't be there. He wouldn't be there. He wouldn't be there. The last time he was there for like that three, four month stretch, he was there like every week, every other week. So I think what they're, the, the path they've taken with him recently is instead of him showing up like every two weeks, every three weeks for like half a year. They just have him show up every week for like two or three months. And like Luke just said, again, he sells. Exactly. He sells tickets. And that's what they care about. Uh, they don't care about the hardcore fans that are upset that he's not there every week. They care about, one, the casual fans. Two, 
the not necessarily wrestling fans, but the people that watch Sports Center, ESPN, stuff like that, and see this, and then watch the YouTube videos, click on those ads, and then three, like I said, he would be a, a, a refreshful face to see that, you know, especially in Vegas, if that's where SummerSlam ends up being, people are going to want to show up to see, you know? Yeah. And uh, if, if some, we don't even know at this point, the, the, the SummerSlam location has been a little murky where, you know, they will announce it. I think it'll be this upcoming weekend during a horse race, right? It's a horse race or something. Belmont like Stakes pre show on June 5th, NBC. Yep. So there's been some that had been kind of like, unofficially confirmed it'd be in vegas now that's kind of been walked looks back, like so now not... yeah they've narrowed it what to three official contenders which appears to be vegas miami and new york city i think if i'm not mistaken that was the three that was put out by multiple sources uh, including i think business wire who's a very big source uh yeah. said that they they had determined that it would be in an nfl stadium so it looks like we are going to finally get an outdoor event in the summer uh, but we just don't know if it'll be, you know, Miami, Vegas, or New York. But what we do know is that they will be in Phoenix and San Diego for the SmackDown and Raw before and after. So Vegas would make the most sense. But that's sure. neither here nor there. Uh, I want to talk about m- more regarding Raw. Uh, and I know you love this part of the show as well. Uh, the Riddle and Randy Orton segments again tonight. Uh, yeah. Obviously a segment and a match. Uh, very entertaining still. I love it. Give, give us your thoughts. Give the, the fans a little bit what happened tonight and what were your thoughts? So Riddle was backstage and it was with Damian Priest and he was asking him how to like get teach in Spanish. And I, I, like, you know, I saw that. I'm like, oh man, like here I was like, like an RK bro. And they go and do stuff like that. I don't really like that as much what you're saying. Like, tell me how to say like, I'm hungry in Spanish. I was like, it's fine. Whatever. Uh, then Randy Orton shows up. This man's rocking a damn fine goatee. Like it's fresh, it's like <laughs> it just grew, grew it in a week. I was like, All right, I see you, Randy, looking pretty good there. Um, and he's like, You he basically said, All right, man, you, you took my move last week, but hey, why don't you, why don't you come to the match? Uh, come to the ring for my match with Xavier Woods, and I'll show you a thing or two. Uh, as, as just like last week, uh, Xavier Woods, very good performance. He had a match with Randy Orton here, uh, the other half of RK Bro. And as you might expect, Randy, Randy Orton won this match, but he did it with the bro Derek, uh, Matt Riddle's, uh, <laughs> his, his own, you know, his his signature move. And then the two guys celebrated after the match. You know, Riddle uh, was doing Randy Orton's pose. He was uh, lip syncing his theme song. Man, this is fun. All right. And, and again, the bar is so low. Like, John, uh, John, I think you and I talked about this. Robert and I talked about this over on the SmackDown side of things. The bar is so low, but when things make sense, I just, I'm so relieved. I'm so happy. I'm like, just something as simple as, you know, one week, Riddle wins with the, the uh, Orton's finisher. This week we get uh, Orton winning, winning with Riddle's finisher. It makes sense. I'm, I'm, I'm on board with it. And it's a fun storyline anyway. So, you know, I like this. I thought it was fun. You know, the, these guys are doing, they're, they're great together. They have just such great chemistry. Oh, I, I should mention, Randy Orton was like miming backstage, all right? Before the match, uh, basically, Riddle was talking too much and Orton caught, did the classic kind of mime, like, you know, zip it. And then, like, he literally you know, threw away the key. And I thought, like, man, Randy Orton, if this doesn't pin out for him, he's, he's got a future career as a as a mime. He's like, that was, that was pretty funny. This, you know, I, <laughs> and then I, I Riddle's like, looking for the key. <laughs> yeah, this is good stuff. Like, you know, we, we can talk about some of the, the, the not so great things here on Raw, but RK Bro is good. You know, the, the, that, that it's been a pretty consistent highlight here. Uh, and we're getting some comments about it here. But John, what, do you, what did you think? Uh, I thought it was very funny and it was very entertaining. Uh, and I think that it's becoming so much of a hit where uh, I kind of have the 
the thought that maybe these guys will be a babyface tag team and not a heel tag team. Uh, they can be way over with the crowd. Th- this this act, act as I call it, is surely 100% going until there's fans uh, again in, in the stands. Uh, they will have merch by that point. Mark my words, there will be merchandise by the time fans come back. This will sell. I think they'll be a good babyface team. Uh, AJ Styles and Omos would be a good heel team to go against them. We know the Raw tag division is getting very thin, even thinner tonight. So there's two big teams there. Uh, I just, I like it. I, I, at first, I mean, you talked about when this first started, we weren't really sure how we felt. It's proven to be successful. People are talking about it. It's one of the most watched segments on YouTube each week for Raw. Uh, I love it. To me, it was the funniest part of the show tonight if not a close second, uh, and we'll talk about what I thought could have been the other funniest part later on. Uh, but yeah, it was very good. Great. I'm all for it. Let's keep doing it. Uh, yeah. What do you think? Uh, what do you I'm think fine. about moving forward and the return of live fans with these guys together still? Are you babyface or heel? Where do you think? I mean, they, they got to be heels at least for now. Like, And I was a little surprised that they, they kind of it seemingly at least tonight dropped the the riddle like teased heel turn he was just out there being silly you know yep. being randy randy's hype man so i and I, that may very well be the reason where it's like, okay we've got live fans right around the corner uh this is clearly working people are liking it uh even even without the live crowd there right now online the between the viewership numbers you just mentioned uh and just people tweeting about it it's clearly people are really enjoying this so uh, like you said, from from a merch perspective, from a live uh, live reaction perspective, this will probably keep going. I would say probably through the summer. Definitely getting some comments here uh, predicting RK Bro for tag team champs. That's what Nestor Curse is saying, uh, and uh, Eddie Zahari is saying next for RK Bro are the champions Styles and Omos. Um, and like you said, the the tag division got even thinner tonight with uh, Elias and Riker splitting up. We can talk about that a little later on, but uh, I think that would make all the sense in the world. But and you know, while Orton has been a good face, and as Chris pointing out, you know, he, he may be better as a heel, but he people can still cheer him even though he's a bad guy. Like it doesn't 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 need to be like you know black and white, and and we've seen that with some of the people as well. But you know, Orton can still be a a, a, a bad guy, but you know, be in this team with Riddle, a good guy. Like that, that's a, a fun, slightly different uh, you know permutation than, than we usually get. So I, I'm on board with that, and I think that that would be my preference at this, this point. And then maybe you do the, the inevitable turn uh, from Randy on, on or, uh, Riddle at some point. But this is working. There's no need to rush this and no need to, you know, break it up or or have him necessarily even go like full face, full heel. Just kind of keep riding out like this. I think it's fun seeing this uh, this odd couple, this, you know, this clash of personalities continue to go on here. I uh, don't want to like, bury one of the big stories here. Jimmy Smith debuted tonight as one of the uh, members of the broadcast team, a, an experienced uh combat sports broadcaster he did some work down nxt supposedly he's been really working and training for this uh was you know adnan virk got let go james gets brought on board so yet another kind of new era in in the commentary team here <laughs> and from what i saw people really really uh responded well to jimmy smith tonight and uh i mean at least compared to adnan Burke, no i'm not trying to knock Virk. i'm just saying based on like one night you know, it seems like people are, are liking this more that uh, he may or maybe it just be a, he may be a better fit because of that combat sports background. Uh, Jimmy Smith saying that or sorry, did you guys say saying Smith has more passion than than uh, Edinburgh and Byron Saxon combined? I did think that um, Smith, just ha- he has a nice chemistry with Saxon and uh, Corey Graves on commentary there. 
So, you know, John, you and I talked about it, and I didn't want to, like, bury the guy, but I really just did not enjoy uh, Adnan Virk on Raws as a commentator. Like, I just he, I didn't. And... He's clearly a baseball guy, and you can just tell that he – I wouldn't say he was struggling, but you could just tell that he was kind of still getting used to the whole show. And you can't throw somebody on to your so-called top show – dry with no experience other than a tryout in front of a TV and say, okay, here you go. It didn't work. You could clearly tell he wasn't used to the role yet. Tonight, 100 times better. I was so happy with how it went. It flowed together so well. Uh, I thought that, like, uh, they were mentioned in the comments about the passion being there. DJ said that. That was absolutely true. And I'm all for it. Uh, I know it was only a night, but when you get that good of a reaction in only a night, uh, who knows if maybe people are just have, you know, that bad taste in their mouth from the way we've been treated the past month. I mean, it still doesn't, to me, it's still nowhere close to Cole and Mac and Pat McAfee on SmackDown, but yeah. this is certainly an improvement. Um, on the flip side, I'm a little upset that, you know, Tom Phillips was let go. Uh, the rumors were that he wanted a, a bigger role in the show, which he had had before. And they obviously weren't going in that direction, so they let him go. I know he'll pop up somewhere and be successful in the role. I just thought he was a really good veteran that's been there for a while with a good voice. So, I mean, it was sad to see that happen. But, hey, I agree. life goes on. Yeah. No, I, I definitely I should have mentioned, yeah, Tom Phillips was released. And, you know, even amongst all of this this change and with Virk and everything, I always thought they could have just stayed with Phillips as he, I thought he did a great job. But now that we got uh, Jimmy Smith, again, a lot of people are really uh, resonating with that. Neshkar saying that he did a, a great job tonight. Uh, Herman Takara saying he did uh, a great job in his debut tonight. So it seems like people really were uh, on board with Jimmy Smith here. And again, this is his first night, so it's fair to wonder that he might get even better here uh, sooner or later. But... Uh, and Stephen Chamber is saying as well that Smith did a good job. Um, I like this comment from Herman Carr saying that uh, maybe Smith and Pat McAfee could be good together. Where you got both those fun personalities. Maybe, maybe down down the road if they do <laughs> if they do the. Remember back in the day they would draft and the commentators would get drafted. They would just shake up the the teams that way. So maybe there's something like or that. like uh, or, or or like what they've been doing in recent times with like certain pay per views. They'll put like one from one show and one from the other show together. Yeah. Like the Royal Rumble, for example, they do that. So they'll get the opportunity, maybe. Yeah, absolutely. You know, probably they'll, they'll probably get to work together at some point. But uh, well, well, John, we we started the show by talking about something that you were very much not on board with, and now I'm gonna take I'm gonna take a moment to uh, shine to, to share my thoughts on something that I just oh that really upset me. Shayna Baszler lost to Reginald tonight thanks to a, a fiery blast out of the corner, and. Even like right away, I was like, this match is, is not right. All right. Cause like Shane Baszler on paper should be destroying Reginald, the, the sommelier, the, the, the circus, circuit of Soleil guy. Uh, and then the match went longer than like two minutes. I'm like, all right, still going. And then, uh, Reginald slammed Baszler. I'm like, this, Baszler should be destroying this dude. Just like, just, she should just flat out, like, you know, break him in half, you know. And then uh, the, the fiery blast in the corner and Reginald rolls her, rolls her up to win. It does, I will say, silver lining, it does seem like we're actually getting a split between Baszler and Jax. You know, this is very clearly they're kind of going in separate ways where Jax is lined with, with Reginald here uh, and Baszler is not. So that is a plus. Later on, Reginald was on uh, Alexa's playground. Uh, Alexa invited him to play. Baszler shows up, beats the <laughs> stuffing out of Reginald, like knocks him off the swing and uh, beats him up, takes his seat. I thought that was fun, but uh, that was a definite low for me, just seeing uh, Reginald uh, beat Baszler here 
uh, we've talked about it before, but Baszler, man, she deserves so much better than this. And I don't know how you bounce back from uh, from a moment like this tonight. I mean, I don't know. I feel like that, that's, a, that's, um, that's a pretty that's a low that's a new low. That's what I'll say. And I tell you, it's going to get worse because as Nesha Kirsch and Michael Yuffie both say, uh, Shayna is probably going to lose to a doll next. Uh, if not, it'll at least be Alexa Bliss. It's very apparent that Alexa Bliss and Shayna Baszler are heading towards a feud. Looks like Alexa Bliss might be babyface after all. That's a little weird with feuding with Shayna. An interesting yeah. choice there with uh, Shayna being a strong heel there. Uh, but it's very obvious that these two are heading towards a match. Uh, next week, I'm I'm not sure if there was a a match challenge or an in ring segment that was. Uh, it was more just like I'll, I'll see you I'll next see, week. Yeah, yeah, so I don't know what's going to happen there, but uh, I I agree with you. Shayna does deserve better. Ever since being called from NXT, it's kind of been a uh, they've sh- striked out a few times there with her. Um, let's see what they do. I mean, I guess um, think about but besides WrestleMania. Think about this. The last pay-per-view with live fans, Elimination Chamber, Shayna Baszler killed everybody in that chamber match. Eliminated Great. everybody in like five minutes in the main event of the show. And ever since then, it's been a downhill ride for her. And with Alexa Bliss in the mix next with Shayna Baszler, I don't see it going well with Shayna. Very interesting to see what's going to happen. But yeah. Uh, I'm on board with you. And just, just like Luke is saying, she hasn't done anything since then. I mean, she won the tag titles, I guess, give her, oh, Twice, there we yeah, go. Technically, but, but uh, uh, yeah, she hasn't really done anything singles-wise since then. And that is, that's sad because she is up there in age. I believe she's almost 39 now. I think so, so yeah. yeah. It's crazy, man. And then Nesker is saying uh, that uh, Baszler should go to SmackDown. I thought uh, when uh, Jackson Baszler showed up on SmackDown a couple weeks ago and they attacked Bianca Belair, I was like, oh, maybe Shayna will be going to SmackDown. Nope, she's here on Raw, losing to Reginald. So, man. And yeah, now she's probably going to be losing to Bliss, if not Lily the doll. So that's that's a tough pill to swallow. That's just one of the neat the things about being a fan. You see these people that you're like, man, if they just did this, that person could go places and uh, instead they go other places that you know you don't necessarily want to see them go but uh i don't know maybe, maybe we're wrong maybe, maybe Baszler will come out on the winning side of uh you know of this feud but i don't i don't really see that happening someone that i don't see really benefiting from their, their current spot on raw but at least they're getting tv time is nikki cross nikki cross is back on tv to, uh, this week and um they're, they're still treating her like the little engine that could. Uh, she was basically, she came out logically so saying, hey, I lasted two minutes with uh, Ray Ripley as as was the, the challenge last week. So, you know, I, I technically won that match. Therefore, I should get a title match. That tracks. And then Charlotte said, oh, you know, I could beat you in one minute. And I'm like, why are we like just treating uh, <laughs> Nikki Cross like she's just like some fan that came out of the crowd? Like, oh, you know, she, she can't do anything. Like this woman, you know, was a former Titan champion, challenged Bailey last year. She's very talented. She's been in NXT. She's she's been in the business, obviously. She's a wrestler for crying out loud, a successful one uh, at, at various points in her career. And here she's getting treated like, again, like this little engine that could. Uh, and now Charlotte, I, this was a little weird, but Charlotte said, I could beat you in a minute. And then the clock comes on and it's two minutes. All right. And then Charlotte uh, wastes one minute of that, of the two minutes, arguing with Ray Ripley ringside. And then, uh, kind of standing on the outside for like another 20 seconds so this match is probably like 
50 seconds total, all things considered, of, of actual action. And Cross lasted, outlasted the, the time again. Uh, so, you know, based on the, the, the logic here, she will get a title shot against whoever wins between uh, Ripley and Flair at Hell in a Cell. Now, this is good for Nikki in that she had not been on TV since February, but, you know, getting this backhanded booking of like, oh, you know, she can't even last two minutes with me. Um, I don't know, man. I like, <laughs> I, I, like lo I love how, like, they just like to me that like buries Nikki Cross so exactly. much. Like like, oh, they couldn't beat Nikki Cross in two minutes. Like to me, that's like, are you like for real? Like that's just so like that's so negative. Like they act like two minutes is a long time for a match. And when Jimmy Smith was like, oh, Charlotte couldn't handle two minutes of Nikki Cross, and it's like, what, what? It was a little bit funny, I thought, that they just act like that because out of all people, like, I mean, I, I guess with a, the the releases they've done in the past couple months, if you look at the Raw roster, Nikki Cross, I guess, would be at the bottom if you think about it. But I guess, I mean, yeah. even still, not that low. <laughs> Too many. Yeah, now. I mean, yeah, I guess. Yeah, I, I don't know, but it, <laughs> it's going to be interesting to see where they go. Comment here from Roll Sanchez. I would love for Nikki to win the money in the bank. Uh, you know, certainly interesting with that coming up of who they're going to have in that match. Nikki Cross is somebody that certainly deserves consideration. So we'll see what they do there. But yeah, um, as far as the Charlotte and Rhea match goes, uh, is this a, is this a singles match? I don't think this is a Hell in a Cell match, is it? Not is yet. It? Yeah. Okay. And so I don't, I don't know. I don't. I don't see them necessarily even adding the hell in a cell it's like you know which me, they haven't done that for any match yet right there's still no hell in a cell match advertised no but you can kind of at least to me i feel pretty solid in rain uh mcintyre and lashley will probably be hell in a cell because it yeah. needs to be at this point um and i'm kind of feeling the hell in a cell energy from cesaro and seth rollins on smackdown because it's that heated rivalry whereas you know raw you know ripley and charlotte had <clears> history <throat> but it's not just like blood feud you know, I am. Uh, I want to answer D <clears throat> answer DJ's question. He says, "Where's Nikki Cross on your rankings? She is not in the top twenty-five. I'll leave it at that. Not yet. Uh, yeah, she's <laughs> not at this time in the top twenty-five. Uh, but I do think that Rhea will have a pretty easy time with Charlotte. Uh, and then who's after that? Uh, we have Alexa Bliss, Nia Jax, Shayna Baszler. There is good talent on the Raw roster. They just uh, like Luke Goddard sort of would say if he was here, it's the booking. They haven't been creatively used the right way lately, and but they have the talent on Raw. Raw has the talent for the women's division. They have Asuka, Shayna Baszler, Nia Jax, Charlotte, Rhea Ripley, Nikki Cross, Lana, Naomi, Mandy Rose, Dana Brooke. There's 10 right there. Uh, I couldn't even name 10 on SmackDown probably, but you they get don't the have point. 10. They have, they have <laughs> I don't like yeah. seven, seven, maybe eight, you know, yeah. Um, I like the idea of a triple threat match between Cross, Ripley, and Flair here because of what we've seen the past two weeks. At least that'd be some logical outcome rather than, okay, you know, Cross is going to get this title shot, probably going to lose, but, you know, uh, in that one on one sense. But a triple threat match will at least be something. And, you know, I do, I think Ripley and Flair will be a good pay per view match, but maybe, hey, maybe may if they build it up for 
money in the bank. I mean, pe- people seem to kind of be rallying behind Nikki Cross because pe- people like Nikki Cross. So maybe maybe that's something to look forward to. But again, you, you do have to wonder about the money in the bank match itself. And I think Cross would be a contender for that. We we got to talk more about the Charlotte and, and Rhea thing because I mentioned earlier that the funniest part of the show was the Riddle and Randy Orton thing. But there might have been something a little funnier. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about Miz TV because when Charlotte was making her entrance, John Morrison was making me lose it as he tried to sing along to her theme song. Like, what was he thinking? Like, it was just hilarious. I thought that he was, and he wasn't even like in tone with the song. Like, he was singing parts of the theme song that were way, way, way after like the actual part of her entrance. And to me, that was like just very funny. Uh, it was nice to see the the Miz admit he had an injury yeah. uh, and that he felt like he still owed his talents to the universe and that when they, they start touring again, he should be there. What no, do you think about cool. all that? I mean, let's talk about John Morrison trying to cram the word moist into like every single <laughs> sentence. This man is out there talking about drip, talking about he's the most moist sea superstar. Garlic. Um, like every week... Every week he's up in the ante. And yeah, now this week he's out there. He's wearing garlic. Uh, well, yes, if you remember, <laughs> there were zombies at Vels Mini Backlash. He was like, hey, man, if zombies can come out here, so can, in theory, so can vampires. So, he like, thinks Rhea Ripley's a zombie. Oh, God. Yeah, he asked her, like, what her favorite garlic bread is uh, to kind of test her. If she yeah, was, uh, pop quiz, what's your favorite garlic bread recipe? That was the best line of the night for me. Like, who who thinks of this stuff? Because... If it's not members of the writing team, like Drum Morrison deserves props for that. Uh, I want to point out a comment that Luke made. He says they need Becky back. They do need Becky back very bad. And I think that since she didn't return to WrestleMania, when we heard that she was ready to return, she's obviously going to come back when the fans are back. So fans have that to look forward to. Uh, but unfortunately, I do think it'll probably be on SmackDown. SmackDown needs her more than Raw needs her. But yeah. the fact that they did get the Miz and Morrison involved in that tonight... Uh, they had a, a lot of parts of the show where people had their presence known, but it wasn't really like relevant in a big way. Like Miz and Morrison, for example, we had the Viking Raiders and Mansoor backstage in their little segment. Uh, who else am I missing? We I know we had other people that were, were parts of the show that uh, aren't really a weren't really a big part of the show, but just their faces being shown. It was very um, important. Um, absolutely. And that, that helps to feel fresh. We've talked about it for weeks and weeks and weeks where like if they use the same like, you know, group of people you know, kind of regularly, that really does contribute to it feeling stale. Whereas this week you have the Viking Raiders pop up in a very brief segment. Uh, did you guys say point out Mustafa Ali was in that segment with Mansoor yep. where he was saying like, don't trust anybody. Literally maybe a, a 60 second thing. Just to have him like pop up, do something to remind you he's there. Um, Damian Priest was in that segment with, with Yeah, Damian to... Priest is who I was thinking about. Uh, he yeah. he hasn't really done anything since wrapping up his feud with Miz and Morrison. I did acknowledge that in the rankings this week, he did uh, fall a little bit from 16 down to 18 because to me, it's unclear where they're going with him right now. Creatively, I, I fear they don't have anything for him to do right now, but uh, they need to figure something out. And fun yeah. fact for everybody, because it took me a while to figure this out. His name is spelled with an A, not an E. And I, my mind was blown when I found that out. Because luckily I, I corrected it before I had published anything. But for the longest time, I was typing it D-A-M-I-E-N. It's yeah. A-N. And I didn't know that. Like, how did I miss that? 
it that's was a crazy. very common mistake. Yeah, I've <laughs> seen a lot of confusion there. Is Damien with an A? So John Clark wrote a PSA about how to spell Damien Priest's name. Uh, you know, very important. To and there. if you want a PSA about learning Spanish, just go with him because he can tell you how to say "Hey Randy," and it's "Hey Randy." Because Randy was there. Uh, that was a little, <laughs> a little funny moment there. Uh, something that was not funny was we, we got this match between Cedric Alexander and Selton Benjamin, uh, the rubber <laughs> match of, of this rivalry that's gotten that's gotten time, that's gotten two good matches so far. So they come out here. I'm like, all right, this is going to be a good match, you know, to wrap up this rivalry, to kind of, you know, a final farewell to the Hurt Business. Let's pull one out for the Hurt Business. But um, instead, I think this was like two minutes long, if that, where Benjamin uh, got poked in the eye and then uh, Alexander hit the, the neuralizer kicked to the head, pinned him. Uh, I'll admit the street did not go the way I thought it would. There, there, it kind of seemed like Cedric Alexander was uh, not necessarily getting written off, but like that, he'd, that he was the of the two kind of destined for for main event. But instead, he's you know on a little winning streak on Raw here. So not much to really report about this match, but this does seem to kind of be the conclusion of this feud. And uh, we're like, feels like we're moving on from it. And I hate to say it, but like this kind of felt like a, I don't know, a, a pretty firm squash of Shelton Benjamin in terms of like it you know, was some wonder absolutely yeah, you know. so that that was a big takeaway for me there uh but we we mentioned it before but Elias t- turned on Jackson Riker uh taking one one of the very few teams from Raw's tag team division and pretty much breaking it up uh, we got the tag title match between AJ Styles and Omos uh and you know Elias basically walked away and said all right you know I'm done I'm 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 out and uh Styles pinned Riker it was a good match and I thought it was, it was done well uh, and after the match, basically, he said, you know, oh, you know, Rikers, he, he's, I respect him. He's a veteran, but he's still predictable. So I'm, I'm done with him. Um, so maybe we'll get that match next week and kind of get a little bit more there. But uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you know, felt weird to have Elias give up during this tag title match that um, they earned. But, you know, the, the, it, felt, it felt kind of weird that they'd lose this match, you know, like that and to kind of be done just like that. It felt a little thrown together like that. But, uh, I, mean, I guess, you know, obviously, I think we've talked about it before, the narrative surrounding Riker at this point, not the best. So, the, and I saw some people saying this might be kind of the, what we were just saying about Benjamin, kind of a firm dismissal of him. Like, like all right, this is uh, maybe the last we'll see of Riker for a little bit, you know, where, you know, it felt like him being with Elias was his way back into, into Raw, into being a featured player here. And for whatever reason, it's uh, it seemed seemingly done. What, what do you think of this, John? Uh, I don't even know what to say about it. It was like uh, mind blowing because, like, who else do they have? Like, realistically, they got Mason T Bar. They're they're on TV tonight, and they got oh boy, oh boy, yeah. And let me guess, they're gonna say next week that we have Mustafa Ali and Mansoor now as a tag team. You know, like it's oh man, I just I don't know. They need to unify these belts. I've been wishing they they would for a while, but. They didn't. Uh, I guess we'll find out. Uh, I want to address a comment from Nesha Kirsch uh, asking about Jeff Hardy. Why are they not using him? Uh, he's not hurt. I think it's another situation where creatively, they have nothing for him. He's in the same boat as Braun Strowman. He's in the same boat as Mustafa Ali. He's in the same boat as too many people. <laughs> yeah. And for I a three-hour show. Too yeah. many people. Yeah, it's it's crazy, but I did. I think I saw a, a little screenshot that he was on main event this week. So at least there's that one one point. A little positive positivity from Michael Yuffa saying he loves our review more than Raw itself. I mean, Raw can be pretty tough to sit through. 
Uh, so we're always ha happy to kind of condense it down to a much more digestible format. Uh, in a, Did we get everything? Did we cover yet, man, everything? One of the worst parts of the show was Sheamus, oh. the United States champion, uh, losing two matches in a row thanks to distraction finishes. My gosh, man. Like, And I tweeted, the first match, it was uh, Ricochet. Ricochet is fine. We've been seeing this lately. It's fine. Whatever. Uh, and then uh, Humberto Carrillo, Carrillo comes out, calls Sheamus match via a distraction. Got a commercial. We come back. Sheamus facing Humberto. And as soon as I saw, I saw that, I tweeted, I will laugh if uh, Humberto wins with a distraction uh, from Ricochet. And that's exactly what they did. That is where we're at with Raw these days, John, where it's distraction after distraction, literally, and even in this two-match block here uh, with the same guy that your United States champion losing twice thanks to distraction. Um Man, I don't know. Like, it's one thing when it's kind of spaced out when you do like maybe one match early on, one match later in the show. I, th I think several matches tonight where, where there was some kind of distraction, literally two in a row here, and over and over and over again. It's like just, I know uh, for me, it's one of my pet peeves, one of my pet peeves, and I think it drives a lot of people crazy. Which is like, it just you know, raw can be repetitive anyway, and then literally when you're having the booking just you know so redundant like this. I mean, whew, it's it's hard, it's it's hard to swallow, man. It's just like. <laughs> They, they, there's any number of ways they could have done this better where it's like you don't need to do the same exact thing literally two matches in a row uh it feels like we, we might be heading for a triple threat match and that'll be a good match but we didn't need to do this to get there right yeah oh man to me it's i sit there and i'm like it's parts of the show like this that are just so confusing to me uh seamus i had him in the top five of my rankings last week uh, he was number six in the newest edition this week. He was continuing to win matches, and I think I jinxed him because then he loses two in a row. He just doesn't look good. Uh, I'm not sure who he's feuding with for the title. Is it is it Mansoor? Is it Humberto Carrillo? Is it Ricochet? I think it's Ricochet. That's that's what I'm getting out of this. Uh, I mean, yeah. nice Ricochet's doing something, I guess. Uh, mm -hmm. To me, I was hoping Sheamus would kind of take this title, title to bigger and better heights. But hey, that's never here nor there. Uh, he's probably going to fall my rankings even further next week just because it doesn't look very strong tonight. Uh, but yeah, they, they need to uh, reverse course here because when he had first won the title, his open challenges and stuff there, they were taking this in the right direction. And now they've kind of reversed course to me anyway. Yeah. And, uh, you know, even if it's, uh, you know, a, this triple threat match, don't really know how we're going to. Uh, salvage this where it's like you know to me and I also noted tonight you know I thought champions were supposed to defend their titles every 30 days Sheamus has not defended the title officially since he won it and that's been more than a month he's had these open challenges and as far as I can recall they've all been non-title matches so that's <laughs> a little weird where it's like alright this dude just doesn't play what did it, well, so that would have been Wrestlemania right since the last yep. time he defended it yep. so, we're, so it's that's going to be It'll be two months soon. <laughs> and he said, like, oh, I'm just trying to find someone worth defending the title. I'm like, no, that's not how it works. Adam Pierce, give the man a challenger. Book a title match. This is like like basic stuff. And now we're getting, you know, more of this non-title stuff. Um but yeah, I think if we get if if the, the end game is that triple threat match, I think that'll be great. And uh, you know, I think hey, it could be you you mentioned it feels like maybe uh, Ricochet will be the one to, to get maybe get the title, but I've been seeing some support for Humberto Carrillo. Over. I'll take your Sanchez saying Humberto has what it takes to be an excellent champion. So, uh, you know, maybe, maybe that's that could be something there. 
Uh, I'm not, I don't want to glaze over it. We just should mention that the women's tag team champions were ringside for a match between Mandy Brooke and Dana Bro- uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke. That's what their names. Uh, and they were facing Lana and Naomi. Not much to really write home about. It was fine. Uh, Mandy Rose and Dana Brooke won this match, and it kind of seems like they'll be getting the tag title shot. Now, if you remember, this is the same team that I think like a month ago walked out on a match with Nia Jax and Shayna Baszler because they're like, oh, we don't want to we don't want to make Nia Jax too mad. So we're good. We're just going to take this count out loss. <laughs> Um, but now they're gonna oh, get because that makes sense. And, t- and Tamina and Natalia are so awkward on commentary. Like Tamina, like couldn't stop laughing for some reason. Like I don't know, it was so funny. But every time there she would talk, she would like start laughing, and like she kept saying "boat." And to me, it was just like, and, and, and I I got the vibe that she like didn't really know what she was doing. So she was like being silly and like laughing, and that's not the Tamina that I think of when I think of Tamina. I think of the serious character that like wants to go out there and win uh but hey she's clearly enjoying herself right now so good for her yeah yeah you know uh and for lana and naomi uh another loss here so i'm getting some comments wondering if naomi should turn heel so that's what my email monkey was suggesting i think that could work i've long thought she could be a potential kind of expansion for the hurt business although that's now defunct i thought that could have been a great thing to do but uh you know when that was in its in its heyday, but uh, you know, one of the dancers in the hurt business, they got the dancers with them. <laughs> yeah, I should I should mention yet another week of Bobby Lashley being the, the modern day godfather with Lashley's ladies dancing in the back. And by the week, I'm liking this less and less. I mean, two months ago, <laughs> Bobby Lashley was great. Now he's the ladies' man and the godfather again. So, uh, whoa, yeah, I got you there. Um, well, we already got some people rating the show, so yeah, we're gonna get, get to that. Let's get your rating here. What do you got? Oh man, it's tough because like there's some good stuff and there's some real bad stuff. Um, I'll go for like a six point six because I like I I want to prop it up because that was a really good main event and some stuff I liked, but there was some really bad stuff, John. And I I can't go much higher than that. What do you think? Uh, uh I'm gonna go with a six point five, six and nice. a half. Uh, I thought it was it was okay. Uh, the main event match was good. The story, this, as far as the promos and segments go, were fairly good. Advancement of storytelling could have been a little better. Other matches could have been a little better. A lot of them didn't make sense. So yeah. I'm interested to see where this goes. I agree. And like, there's some stuff to look forward to. Now we are getting a nice kind of... Uh... Know range of numbers here. I'm going to run through them real quick. But DHK with an 8.3, Ralph Tigger Sanchez with a solid 5.7, Kevin Taylor with an 8.1, Stephen Chambers with a six, Nessa Kerr saying uh, it was decent with a 7.5 score, uh, Eddie Azahari with a 6.8, not too bad, Anthony Manzano with a 5.6, a little low there. Um, and some more numbers here. Laura Rock with 7.5 as well. I think we got some sixes earlier, 8.3 from DJ again, and a five from Michael Yoffa. So definitely a night, uh, pretty you know wide range there we got as high as like an 8.1 and you know as low as you know five or so um i don't know and nando which is friends show nando tip with a 5.8 as well so maybe not the strongest outing for raw here uh again i, I keep hoping i keep hoping we're going to kind of uh pick it up here because uh, hell on sells around the corner and i, I said it after the last review i hoped we'd get kind of a nice a reset of some kind you know kind of some fresh matchups but again more of mcintyre lashley uh Flair and Ripley is technically fresh, but it's not because they've been kind of like hinting at that for like a month now. Um, 
So you know, a good amount of retread, and they're doing some things that are interesting, right? We've got RK Bro, and that's great. We've got some things that are the, we can hang our hats on and say, okay, this is good. And then you got stuff like Seamus losing two distraction finishes. You've got uh, Basler losing to Reginald, uh, all these things. Um, and yeah, you can say it was, it was the today was Memorial Day, and uh, maybe that was a factor, but. I don't know. I'm, I'm hopeful, you know, with, uh, money in the bank fans will be back. And of course the, the, that weekend with us Smackdown as well, a lot of fans will be back. And like Johnny, what you were saying earlier, maybe that will be the, the catalyst for uh, better than this, you know, so we can hope you guys yeah. know I'll be there. I'll be there. Bringing John the will coverage. Be there. <laughs> John literally tweeted uh, four minutes after they announced they were going back on tour. He's like, I'll see you in Houston, everybody. <laughs> John, John Clark. Not Houston, though. I, I won't be in Houston, Fort but Worth, I will right? be in Fort Worth. Yeah, That's right. That's I'll right. be at Money in the Bank. So yeah. hopefully I'll see some of you guys there. I know some of you guys watched her from Texas, so catch up with some of you guys there. Yeah. And of course, you know, AW Double, Double or Nothing was this weekend. So just to be able to enjoy that that live crowd atmosphere made you kind of uh, look forward to this, that that having that back for WWE shows. And again, Johnny, you mentioned it very well earlier. Maybe having the live crowd, you know, react and say, hey, this is bad with booze and, and quote unquote hijacking shows might again make WWE do, do things differently. But in the Thunderdome, they can do whatever they want, and that's that's why we are where we are, where we where we've been, where uh, where we've been for the pandemic era. So hopefully, brighter things are on the horizon. But uh, in the meantime, John, you and I here are here every Monday to talk about Raw, no matter how good or bad it may be. You know, we'll be back here Tuesday night to cover NXT. The Dynamite Dudes Attitude have you all talk all things AEW, and they also do WCW rewritten, talking about fantasy booking. Robert D. Felice and I cover SmackDown with the SmackDown Double Down. Uh, we've we've been kind of pushed on to Saturdays because AW has uh, slowly shifted to Fridays, at least in the meantime. Uh, and of, of course, constantly a great stream of interviews coming at you guys. Bill Pritchard recently interviewed Sean Spears. He's interviewed Mike Bennett, uh, Fred Rosser, uh, and Eric Rowan. All this great stuff and more, always available on uh, SoundCloud, Spotify, YouTube, Apple Podcasts, whatever it may be. Leave a like and subscribe. We appreciate your support. Uh, and you know, no matter what, no matter uh, how good or bad Raw and just wrestling itself may be. Here else, I'm going to try to do one thing above others. And I say we try to in, uh, appreciate wrestling. Thanks for listening, everybody.